0: Back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, Benji and I are tackling the issue of commitment. Now, this sounds really generic. I know. Trust me. I know. But it's actually quite a deep topic that if you can implement it, and there's a way, regardless of how committed you feel to living a high noon life, there's always a way to ratchet up your commitment. And we get into that. But more so we wanna talk about the nuances of commitment and what you get when you are committed to something and what you lose when you're not. Because it is kind of, I don't wanna say life or death to sound dramatic, but it is life or death of your dreams at the very least. So without further ado, please welcome Benji and I to the show. Salutations everybody. Hey everyone. I just started saying S without knowing what I was going to say. Sexy. But salutations works. (laughs) Oh, man. I just watched The Mask with my kids. Somehow they liked it. Somehow I was cringing the entire time. Anyway. Jim
1: Carrey, man. Jim Carrey is the man.
0: I love that guy. I don't know. I don't I don't don't imagine
1: you do just knowing you. He's a little over the top.
0: No, he was in Canada. Um, you know, Canada was part of the Commonwealth, it still technically is. Mm-hmm. Um, the Queen is on our money, right? But we don't really care about the Queen. Jim Carrey was our King, uh, and Mike Myers is like, that was the standard. And that's why I got into comedy in the first place. But, oh, word. Um, you know, I, I can see how fame gets to a man you know that's the pinnacle of what we're supposed to aspire towards right is to become rich and famous but it took him to a place where now whenever he talks he's like nothing means anything it's like oh geez that sounds terrible he's basically just a nihilist he's like you know anyway I'd love to hug him one day and just tell him it's gonna be okay from one Canadian born American to another Canadian born American
1: I think my favorite movie my favorite movie of all time is the Lord of the Rings trilogy, probably return of the King close after that. Is he was Bruce Jim Almighty. Carrey was great in that. Oh okay. my God. No, okay. <laughs> I'm backtracking because I was going to say my favorite movie was a Jim Carrey movie, but then I can't, I can't jump the line of Lord of the Rings. Right. So first Lord of the Rings second to mm. that would be Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey. I cried like a, like, like a, like a man in that movie It was so good like while punching of a God, a you know, God's heart and I really made something deep out of it.
0: Wow. Cool. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you got something out of that movie. It was yep. worth it. Um, Benji and I haven't recorded a podcast together. So if it sounds like we're just getting to know each other, it's true. We are learning to love each other once again. It's been a minute. And Benji's had five kids since our last recording, apparently, and they're all they're all being a bunch of babies in the background. Um, so Benji, how are you? Let's let's do the let's do the meet and greets. Let's do like a speed date together. Yeah. How are you? Who are you?
1: Oh. Let's see. Two weeks ago, came back from Korea from Changpyeong. That's new. Korea is an amazing place to visit. I'll tell you the most Korean thing that happened. I really wanted my kids to have a Korean experience, all right. And Mm -hmm. whenever I talk about Korea with people, especially in America, the first thing they bring up is guess what? Korean culture. The first thing people think about. It's, it's K-pop, it's BTS, it's because that's you know that's what's at the forefront of people's minds in the media, right? But every time people bring it up, there's something in them you like. It's like oh. Like, really? That's what Korea is known for? Because there's so much greater. It's like if you're an American and you meet someone in another country, and they're like, oh, I love McDonald's. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not, that's not what we offer. It's not the greatest yeah. thing in America. But that's the kind of feeling I have when people talk about Korea. It's like also when I talk with people about Japan, most of the time it's like, oh, I love anime or I love manga or something like that. And there's so mm-hmm. much more to a culture than, than just was what, what is portrayed anyways, the most what's Korean the difference thing that happens... between manga
0: and anime? Cause I'm not a fan.
1: Well, I'm just going to just... offend everyone that's listening to this and say, I have no idea. They're the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to indulge that conversation. Cause that's how okay. allergic I am to this kind of stuff. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. So, okay. So triggered. So that's like triggered.
1: the, the extreme of what, whenever I see like the, the BTS or K-pop interviews, I just get like, frustrated and I, and I realized that I'm the only one. I thought everyone was like this which is interesting. I was talking <laughs> with other guys other husbands and I was like doesn't it just piss you off when you see K-pop and they're like no I think it's kind of cool. I was like oh I guess it's it's a me thing you know and I was really mm. this actually tormented me for like a few days because I was trying to figure out why BTS and K-pop bothers me so much you know because it really mm. shouldn't. It's a cultural it's, a, it's, it's pop culture and I realized it's because I, I really care about the narrative of a culture the cultural narrative and so i care about kind of in a way protecting korea's korea's reputation about what korea offers and so i wanted my kids to have a korean like a real korean experience so we took them there we stay, stayed in airbnb we ate out a lot a lot of korean fried chicken Korean fried food we went to uh every day just to kind of visit climb the mountain and then uh we rented a car for for two weeks and on the way back from From our Airbnb to the airport, we were returning the car, right? And my brother-in-law, who lives in Korea, came with us. He's a Korean guy. He he came with us to drop the car off at the at the uh, car rental place. And I was about to pay for the car for two. It's a two weeks, you know, rental. And without even skipping a beat, he jumps in front of me. He puts down his credit card and says, "I'm paying for it," right? Like this. And I was like, "Whoa!" You know, you you don't have to do that. And he's like, "No, I'm paying for it." And I could tell he was really nervous about this because it was like thousands (laughs) of dollars and by the way he's not employed (laughs) like he doesn't have a job my god but i was really moved honest i was genuinely moved because i was like this is really the heart of a korean person it's like i'm gonna take Mm -hmm. care of you you're my little brother and and you're not gonna pay for this not while i'm standing here i'm not gonna let you pay for it you know Mm -hmm. and he didn't even skip a beat not even a second to think about it he's like i'm paying for this uh, and I could tell afterwards, he was like, how long did you rent that car for? And then he was checking, <laughs> he was checking his balance in his bank <laughs> right after he paid for it. Right. And I was uh-huh. like, that's, that's not wise, but it's so, it's so pure. And so it's such a Korean thing. Like that's the most <laughs> Korean experience I've ever had of just like, I've never seen that in another culture of just some, some guy, you know, it's, we don't, we're not super close, you know, we're related in some way, but. You're just like, I'm, I'm putting this down. I'm, I'm paying for this. Um, hmm. so that was moving for me. If I can and share, you return,
0: about- mm-hmm. you return the favor by carrying him after he fainted. When he looked at his balance, <laughs> his bank account, Yeah. <laughs> carrying him over. I returned own.
1: the favor by letting him do it and not fighting him for it. I was like, it's not worth, it's not worth fighting mm-hmm. him for this. Cause he's not gonna back down.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a real thing. Uncle Dave got in so much trouble Two times he didn't learn his lesson the first time, but we went out for we were invited out for a meal, and then he's after the meal. It was a big group of people. He snuck out and paid the bill, and the first time the guy got so angry, and it's like, "All right, all right," and then the second time it was like, uh, "Her name was Mrs. Moon, and she she really went out of her way, and she was the elder to invite us to dinner." Uncle Dave at the end of the meal was like, "I gotta go to the bathroom," came back. (laughs) like like nothing happened and then the waiter came and she's like hey where's the bill and he's like oh that guy paid for it this lady (laughs) shouted at uncle dave she was so angry and she's like you don't do that you just don't do that and then she that's how we ended the meal she left right then we're like uh that was weird and then we went downstairs and we saw her again because she had gone to the bathroom came out of the bathroom and then she shouted at us again (laughs) it's like you don't do that and they're like all right (laughs) so I I, obviously like to us it's like it's it's usually like oh let me get the bill no let me get the bill no let me and but nobody wants to pay the bill but we all want to pretend like we do but out there it actually means something so I gotta say the most Korean experience I had was on a subway we were waiting for a subway me and my kids when they were really little and this old grandpa comes up and starts handing them out some candy now in America, mm-hmm. this is a no go zone, right? Like that is poison 100% because he's a weirdo and a pervert. That's just how we teach our kids to like fend themselves. <laughs> you know, you don't take candy from strangers, even in Halloween. A lot of parents like sift through the Halloween, you know, candy to make sure there's no razors or whatever rumors are going around because we don't trust each other. It's part of the lineage in America. That's why guns are so important the self-defense because whatever. It's just a part of the DNA. And then, so I was like, no, thank you to the guy, the old man. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's so happy to give. And I was like, please, no. I like, I don't, my kids don't eat candy, first of all. Second of all, they don't eat candy from old men, you know? <laughs> but he didn't speak any English. I didn't speak Korean. And the whole thing ended with him so upset and offended and me being like, I didn't do anything wrong, but I did something clearly very wrong. And mm-hmm. that was my very Korean experience. And it was me rejecting yeah. Korea and I felt bad, but at the same time, not, you know, so. Oh, it's, got I it. think it's really beautiful.
1: I think that kind of takes, <laughs> to me, if a culture is unique like that, yeah. it's really beauty. It's it's preserved, it's protected. Speaking sure. of old guys in subways, the last time we were there for the high workshop at Sun Moon, on the way back to the airport, I was taking the their airport train thing and, I was standing in line at the ATM and I was pushing buttons on the ATM and there was an old Korean man standing behind me, watching me push the buttons. And he wasn't at work. He wasn't working there. He was just some random guy hanging around this, the train station. Vigilante. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was a vigilante and I was getting frustrated and I was like, why is this guy watching me? this? is kind of, kind of annoying, right? <laughs> and it turns out he was standing behind me for a good three minutes because he wanted to make sure I was pushing the right buttons to get mm. onto the right train. Mm. And then I ap- apparently I, I didn't push the right buttons and I took the local express instead of the the uh, expressway train, like the mm. faster train. And it was like, no, 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 go, do this one, it's faster, right? And I was like, holy, sh-. I was like, that's incredible. I went from frustrated at this guy to immediately like, I, I love you, dude, like, I appreciate you. Yeah. And that's something you don't see places, is a guy just hanging out at the train station, just helping <laughs> you. white guys like, I'm,
0: I'm apparently white in Korea,
1: but you get it.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I, we, we say it's an American thing, but it's a really a Western thing to not, to be dubious about somebody's intentions to be, to question Mm. like, what do you really want? You know, instead of like when I was out in Thailand last month, uh, I think, did I mention this? My, our scooter broke down and there was like, I don't know, five people that, that pulled over and offered us help. One couple pushed us on our scooter from their scooter with the guy's foot. We were in the front, he was just pushing us with his leg. And then they stuck around with us for a good 30 minutes to make sure that everything worked out and they ended up pushing us to a mechanic. They they sorted everything out, you know, speaking the language and it was unbelievable. We used their phone. Wow. We were completely useless and lost and at many points during our interaction I was like you don't have to stay and she's like for her I was like no I'm staying it's just like a cultural thing and like you're a person I'm a person so we're in this together and so it's a it's a level of care that I just don't think we're used to this is also more in the countryside by the way I think you're like you wave to people more even in the american countryside you go to a small town and you're like howdy y'all like my dad used to always do that because he's canadian we'd go to florida every year and we go we drive down the coast and when you get it down into the south he loved to practice this, hey y'all <laughs> nice to <Hey>. see you <laughs> he's always trying to be american like to try out his american accent and they were always very acquiescent and they're like oh nice to see you how you doing and, uh so yeah it's more like a city versus country thing maybe but we i have to say are way off topic um because nothing that we said has anything to do with the topic of today but it's benji and i rekindling our love for each other so i hope that's good enough for you listeners out there um, but today we wanted to talk about commitment and here's why I was talking to Andronic, shout out to chapter leaders out there, and he was he was saying that he had a kind of a, a revelation that, um, that he felt like commitment could be worthy of being a high noon virtue. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Let's let's settle down here, new chapter leader, She's like with all your new ideas. Let's what you know, um, but it's actually a great idea. We got it got us into this juicy conversation about commitment. And I wanted to kind of talk about that because commitment is extremely important in terms of sexual integrity, in terms of creating change in your life. But in my conversation with him, I realized the word commitment has a lot of depth to it as well. And it's like, it's not it's not obvious how deep the word commitment is until you start unpacking it. So I was hoping to unpack with Bollinger today. Um, mm because it clearly is a huge part of the high noon process of going from being laden in shadow, just covered in shadows, you know, um, to being completely free and being in the light, you need to commit to the process. Yeah. And so I was getting my haircut, haircut yesterday. Um, Thanks out there, all of you for the comments. Nobody commented. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) I just always want to say that shout out to all the 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 millions of likes I got on my haircut picture on Instagram. Um, And you get a haircut. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you see (laughs) hot gossip? It was on TMZ. Um, So I was getting but that's why I love haircuts is because I usually just close my eyes. And I just kind of get into the space where I'm thinking, same with massages or whatever. It's a chance to just like sit and think. Uh, You're forced to, you can't go anywhere. And the idea of commitment in marriage, I could see two very different outcomes based on your commitment. So example number one, you go to your marriage and you commit to all the vows that everybody always says. I commit to blah, 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 blah. You can even commit to the blessing, you know, just as much as you understand it. And then that's it. And like, that's, that's a commitment. That's, there's no joke that that's a commitment, but people's commitment to that commitment varies wildly, like, and I noticed the difference between somebody who's committed to, okay, yeah, let's get married and see what happens. Like that's in a lot of people's hearts is like, let's see how this goes versus a commitment to love your spouse more than anybody has ever loved that person and to be the best person at loving them no matter what until your dying days and then beyond that commitment because it's clear entails when things are tough it includes when your spouse is driving you mad it's finding a way to love them why because you you made that commitment and if you're truly committed to that commitment then you find a way forward but if you're not if you just kind of committed to marriage in some abstract sense it's very easy to start justifying to kind of start the process of weaseling your way out of uh, of of anything could be a job it could be marriage but it's really first of all like the clarity of your commitment needs to be there for your benefit does that make sense yeah
1: yes because i'm sure you can
0: see this yeah yeah sorry
1: Yeah. Like what is, what are people committing to in the, in the successful example, the successful route?
0: Exactly. I think I would love to unpack that in terms of sexual integrity. Um, there are so many people like I'm, there's one guy that I talk to regularly and he's like, I don't, I'm sorry. I haven't checked in in a week or whatever. Um, I don't have time. And so, and then he's like, and I also slipped you know, a few times, I was like, interesting, because slip means staring at your phone for a significant amount of time, usually. And the fact that you don't have five minutes in your day is really, it's, it's not a judgment on this person, it's just a sign of their level of commitment. Because when you're really committed to something, truly committed to something, and it's clear what your commitment is, it has to get done. You know what I mean? Like if a parent who's committed to their kids, um, it's not like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Uh, I can't love you today. Somebody else is gonna have to take care of you, or I don't really care what happens to you today, right? Like, oh yeah, if you get kidnapped when I'm having a bad day, I don't care. It's like, no, a committed parent, even when they have a fever of 103.7, and their their kid is struggling, you find the strength to take care of that kid. It's not an option. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so. That, that's the story of True Father's autobiography is like, hey, I have this crazy fever and I'm in an internment camp, but I still committed when I was 16 to be the guy, to be the, the one who kind of carries this forward for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of, you know, and that, that level of commitment is what gets things done, what moves the dial forward, you know? Yeah. Do, you have, do you have any examples? I want to talk was thinking about.
1: I was thinking about this just yesterday and talking with a few guys that are in the program. And the, we were actually unpacking this exact reason. Why is it that my wife will wake up in the middle of the night to feed a baby without feeling like it? Even when she's not motivated. And I think motivation is another thing we should unpack. It's a double-edged sword. I think people can be addicted to motivate to motivation itself through like YouTube videos and podcasts and just to, just to be motivated or to reignite the, the commitment, right? And so I was thinking about this pretty deeply. Like, why is it why is it base, baseline fundamentally that a, a, a woman will wake up to feed a child in the, in the middle of the night? Ultimately, it's because death is the greatest motivator. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. Um, and I know this is maybe like, I don't know, a grim direction to, to take this. But that's actually how I think about stuff uh, in my life. Like, when I have calls with guys or or gals who are in the program, or I make a piece of content or video or go to the gym, for example, or take care of my kids. In my mind, it's like, if I don't do this, somebody's life will suffer. That's how I think. And maybe that's extreme, but that's, that's genuinely how I think about stuff is that if I don't do this, then if I, if I don't do this, the opportunity cost of not doing that is that I could have saved somebody. You know, if I have this conversation with this person, even though it's, unmo- I'm unmotivated or not feeling it, or my commitment level is low, I know that if I do it, I could, I could save someone's life. And so that's kind of the frame that I look at things in life, is that the opportunity cost of not doing it, you know? And I know, of course, it's not really comparable to a mother feeding a child because the child would literally die. But I think that we can, <laughs> somewhat, we can somewhat conjure up these, I don't wanna say like a, like a protective nature, like i want mm-hmm. to protect the people that i'm mentoring and yeah. so i will show up for them because i want to protect them i will go to the gym monday through friday every day because i want to show up as a person and i don't want to mm-hmm. be another dad bod guy yeah. right yeah. i want to be i want to be the guy that people can respect and look to and look like oh that guy takes care of himself mm-hmm. and that's inspiring like i want to be that for people because like if i don't put in the work and then somebody sees me and they're like oh there's another dad bod benji guy who you know, let himself go. I feel like, man, that's like a missed opportunity. You know, sure. so when I think of commitment, I feel like for me, that's that's what it comes to. Is like, how how can I turn not not into like a life or death situation, but more of like a how do I make it about other people and not just myself? Because to an extent, if it's some, if if life is just about my satisfaction, there's only like a limit that I'll hit, and then you can't. And then after that, you'll just kind of get lazy. And when it gets hard, you'll just be like, ah, I don't want to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's for somebody else, for the greater good, for God, even, then there is the motivation will be there to fulfill the commitment that you already placed on myself. And this is why I think that going back to sexual integrity, it's great to have a motivator of both like for myself and for other people. You know, I think people make a mistake of only choosing one. It's like, I want to, I want to do no fap and quit porn because I want to have high testosterone and I want to have energy and I want this right. But on the flip side, a lot of people, especially in our, in our movement, it's like, I want to quit porn for my future spouse, which is great, but you kind of need both. You need like to attack it from, from different angles in terms of commitments. So yeah, I, I, I do think that there's something different about people that have commitments and we can see this, even in the statistics in our movement, the vast majority of people that struggle with porn addiction don't do anything about it. That's Mm. just the reality. Right? Like we have statistics to back up the fact that most people struggle with porn and masturbation in our movement, right? How many of those people are actually in in a Heinen program? Very, very small percentage. That's the reality. So there's something about those people that their commitment as a is, is at a certain level that 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 urges them and pushes them to take action hmm. towards their North Star, towards their commitments and what they want in their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't have to go straight I mean I appreciate it and it's helpful but for all of you who are not breastfeeding mothers <laughs> I don't know how many of you make up our our community but um the idea of of feeding your baby is could be likened to feeding your dream right like the person that you really want to be like how committed to you are, are you to actually invest in something coming to life, some, some hobby, not so likely. That's why hobbies, when people are like, oh, I, I won't watch porn, instead I'll learn Chinese, I'll learn Mandarin or something like that. It's like, well, unless it's really like a burning desire, that's not gonna supplant these strong impulses that you have, right? Because you're talking about sexuality is connected to life, right? it's connected to life so you need to have something else that gives life to something in your life so if you can imagine um i really want to become a uh, a fit person if it's for vanity again it's you're gonna lose motivation and that motivation like you said is very cheap very easy come easy go You know, I just, I listened to a Dave Goggins remix, right? And then you're hyped up for about 30 minutes, or maybe you just had a delicious coffee and you're feeling it, but then guess what? There's a crash coming later in the day and then are you still putting in the work at that time? So with sexual integrity, if you do wanna build sexual integrity, it has to be something that you genuinely really want to give life to. Because I've seen that, yes, it's it is a maternal thing. It's undeniably maternal that a mom will will sacrifice herself for her baby because her baby, you know, needs that so badly. And there's something uh, so kind of raw about that transaction that even like even when my wife was at her worst and the most depressed, she was still able to give milk to our our child. Right. she didn't want to, she just wanted to sleep, but she was still able to find that strength. It's that same strength that, you know, I remember I gave a sermon about this. There's a lady that picked up a 550 pound car, the front end of a car, because her child was underneath that car. That mom was not a weight I bet you she couldn't even lift like a 25 pound barbell, but she deadlifted a car, the front end of a car, like an old car, not these modern cars made out of plastic. It was made out of metal and she deadlifted it because her son was on it. That's connecting your physical body to a universal limitlessness, like a strength that, like that bolt of lightning that goes through you. And so that's a type of strength that when you're connected to this is what's right, you know, your sense of righteousness, or you know, like giving life to something, you will find that power to overcome anything, really anything. But. It can't be like in terms of sexual integrity, your North Star goal cannot be some vanity metric of life like I want to make a million dollars unless that million dollars is for some amazing reason that you would really be willing to sacrifice like death for and make no mistake building sexual integrity when you have addiction is dying you, an old part of yourself has to die you have to let that part of yourself go and it feels a little bit internally like you're dying that's why a lot of people don't let go of porn porn is ruining their life and yet they keep on inviting it back into their life because letting it go would be like losing a part of themselves that's so familiar and 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 to lose it is like a part of you is dying so you have to be able to have somewhere to go, something to give life to in order to be willing to die. Does that make sense? Like You have to be able to want to live so badly that you're willing to die. That's like a biblical concept, right? Those who seek life will lose it and those who are willing to lose their life will gain the everlasting joys of what I know. I'm paraphrasing madly over here, but it's that concept of if you're willing to let go of these chains that you're addicted to, you'll find a brand new life, but you have to seek something that's truly meaningful. Come at me, bro.
1: Yeah, and I think I think commi- <laughs> commitment, yeah, it's like commitment is the spark of curiosity to understand what do I want? And that's what we, that's like fundamentally what we ask in Hainu. The first thing we ask you if you're entering into, into a world is like, well, what do you want? Because you can justify the hell out of porn masturbation you can't the whole world does and so the ultimate trump card you can play if you will on yourself or your mind or your justifications is like well what do i want and so that's the that's the common response i give when some people ask like is it okay to do x y and z right is it okay to watch this type of content is it okay to masturbate and not watch porn like all these and so my first question to that question is well what do you want do you wanna be committed to being somebody that masturbates whenever you want, even though you're not watching porn and bring that habit and, and dependency into your relationship? Is that what you want? Well, no, it's not. Well, there you go, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's what we're gonna help you do. And so I think that no matter what, and i said this before, like people ask me sometimes if I drink or anytime that situation comes up and I always say, I don't drink alcohol. And sometimes they ask me why, and I just say, I don't want to. And there's nothing anyone can say to me, that is like, oh well, you're just being a, you know, religious whatever. It's like I just don't want to, and that's the only reason and explanation I need to give, right? Sure. And so that's not like a, that's not a moral statement on alcohol at all. It's just that's enough reason for me to just not even engage that behavior at all because it's like I don't want to. I literally have no desire mm-hmm. <laughs> to to drink alcohol. So so I think that's like when we have questions like that. What do I do? Is this okay? Am I in the right direction? Just asking yourself and reflecting, well, what do I really want? And that's this spark that will get you on the path to creating your North star, to discovering who you want to be the ideal version, individual, couple, family that you want to be. What does God envision for you? And that's such a beautiful trait that humans have been gifted. The gift of free will, the gift of choosing. What do I want with my, with my life? And as we know very well, that gift can be used in a, as a blessing or as a curse. It can be used or it can be misused and abused. It can use, be used as fuel to motivate us to do things that are great and epic and life-giving and serving to God and to people around us. Or we can use what I want, my free will, to just focus on degenerate behavior and just doing whatever I want, right? <laughs> but I know because of our listeners, right, Andrew, yeah, yeah. we're not in that boat. If you're this far in this episode, after we've just talked about (laughs) Korean culture and, (laughs) Mm. and our random interactions with old Korean men, it means to some extent you have deep in your heart, this feeling of like, I want something big and epic with my life. Mm. I want to serve. I want to give, I don't want to take, I want to use my sexuality for others and for God and not just for myself. And that is a beautiful desire to have. It's such a beautiful desire to have and it's so uncommon in our world incredibly Excellent. uncommon who talks like that right who the hell talks like that i want to use my sexuality not for myself but for others i've never heard someone talk about that ever in our in the like porn addiction space never yeah you know
0: but you gotta you gotta, you here, gotta right? stop fapping so that you can be an alpha man so you could you could beat up the bad guys yeah it's never for yeah.
1: either. yeah so you can so you can sleep around. So you can get women. It's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying this because it's it's really easy to say, oh, I'm in the high noon program. I'm listening to high noon po- podcast. I have a problem, and to feel shame because of that. And we always say it's like, you should be proud that you're doing something about this. Sure. Not that you're I'm proud they- of your habit and your behavior. Like you mm-hmm. should be proud. You should know that God is proud of you for taking action, even though it's scary, even though it's fear inducing, even though it takes courage, even though commitment is the last word that people want to talk about. When you hear Mm -hmm. commitment, that is not a sexy word. (laughs) That's not the headline of thumbnails on YouTube, like commitment, be committed. Mm. It's not sexy, but it is important.
0: There is like a very Instagrammable, uh, quote again I'm gonna have to paraphrase about commitment that it commitment unlocks the treasures of your capacity something like that right because it's only when you're truly committed to something that you're willing to go through the trials that that offers you so like marriage if you're really committed to marriage you are going to be tested in ways that you never thought were possible for you to overcome it's only your level of commitment that allows you to see the other side of that though. Because especially in this day and age, you can find comfort anywhere, right? I'm in a place where I'm in a part of Vietnam that was really undeveloped even just seven years ago. And it was very uncomfortable. There's a lot of mosquitoes here, no air conditioning, this kind of stuff. And I'm talking so hot, but now I'm in this Airbnb. It's beautiful. So it's like, it's easy to, um to live you know (laughs) but uh the the idea of of allowing yourself to be in difficult places because you're committed to the process that is the heart of sexual integrity okay is if you are committed to freedom you're gonna have to willingly go to dark places. I call, I've call. i been calling it facing your demons a lot lately, which can seem abstract and religious, but it really means when you're really uncomfortable that you sit in that discomfort and you don't try to run away. So an example of that would be you're really anxious. And instead of taking out your phone and scrolling, which is ultimately gonna make you more anxious, you you either call somebody or you go for a walk and you think about what's going on why why am why am i so antsy right now you take a beat to breathe you know you 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 figure it out and you wrestle with this feeling try to understand it and overcome it rather than distract yourself from it that's facing your demons and if you're if you're willing to do that then what you're doing is you're piece by piece sacrificing the old life that you used to have which doesn't come for free. The price is work, Um, but the rewards are leading a life that really feels like you love being yourself. You love your life. Your life is never perfect for nobody ever. Was life ever perfect? That's a perspective thing. You can say life is perfect. I know people who genuinely believe that, but it doesn't mean that perfection in the sense that we would hope for that they've never experienced pain or loss or anything like that. It just means that they find meaning and value in all those things so if you want to truly go this route because you were talking about you know people shouldn't be ashamed of being associated with high noon no they should be ashamed if they aren't you know engaged with us Mm. actually they shouldn't feel ashamed at all that's not how (laughs) 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 but (laughs) let's put some shadows in people's lives (laughs) You know what I'm saying is that, you know, association to us means that you're, you're somebody who's committed to um, creating channel gok genuinely in a very real sense. But your level of commitment will determine how much you get to participate in the building of channel gok. Because otherwise, you'll be an observer, like if you're in a group, and everybody else is making progress, and you feel like, why is it so hard for me, this kind of thing, I, am I'm very much willing to wager that it's your level of commitment because, um, this can be a, a long journey or a short journey. It depends on how willing you are to go to those dark caves within your soul and wrestle with those demons. And it's a process of having difficult conversation after difficult conversation with yourself, with God and with other people. And the more that you do that, the more that these shadows reveal themselves and you're like, oh man, I'm a really angry person. I didn't know that. And then later you find out, wow, I'm really angry at my parents and I never knew that. I thought I was just an obedient, good child, but secretly I was harboring this resentment, Uh, right? So that you're like understanding yourself piece by piece. And then later you're like, wow, I need to reconcile with my parents. I need to apologize for holding all this anger and creating this wall, this barrier between us i need to allow them the opportunity to apologize to me for whatever they did to me when i was a kid all this stuff when you go through this process you will experience freedom but it requires commitment to do difficult things even when you don't want to do them that's a key distinction somebody with weak commitment does stuff when it's convenient to them somebody with a high level of commitment does it even when it sucks, even when it hurts, right? And that's love. And that's the story of God, Benji, right? That's the history of God is so committed to creating a human race that's functional and what we would call the kingdom of heaven on earth, that he's willing to go through thousands and thousands and thousands of years of hell to restore the mistakes that we made because in the beginning, it was that commitment that this is the purpose. So I'm going to see through until the very end. And, um, when you have that level of commitment we can tap into that at any time through prayer, the last thing I wanted to say was about conditions is I cannot promote conditions enough. It's a, it's one of the traditions of our faith that I think yields the biggest immediate returns, because if you're not committed to something, it's because you don't see its value. Um, and so in order to see its value, you can't think your way into, uh, uh, like greatness or you have to like, let it come out of you and you have to kind of understand life at a deeper level in order to live life at a higher level. So conditions are great for that. If you, if you're not committed to do a 21 day condition and pray every day, like why, what's holding me back from being committed? You will eventually figure that out. Maybe in the first condition, maybe not maybe in the second one. But again, if you're at least willing to commit to the process, you'll figure everything out in due time, God will reveal all answers to you in a way that you can receive them. Um, And when you do that, you will be a powerhouse for sure.
1: Yeah, so how do people increase their commitment, if we've convinced people well enough that commitment is important? How do they develop that commitment?
0: Yeah, first they have to identify where they're not committed or how committed they are in the, you know, we're talking about sexual integrity. So let's just stick with that. Um, How committed are you? Meaning, are you doing the work every day? Are you checking in with your mentor every single day? Are you doing the things that you know you should be doing? Right? So if you set a North Star goal and you say that you're going to do certain things, are you doing them? That will be an indicator of how committed you are based on, are you doing it externally and internally, like with, with your full heart? And if you're not, if you're holding back, then again, to pray about this and see what what, why am I holding back? Why am I not going all in on this process? And you'll be able to figure that out relatively quickly you know within within a quarter at least you'll be able to figure out if you do a deep dive into how committed am i and what's holding me back then you can see all of your limitations start working on them and by the next quarter you'll be able to do really start working on those limitations and breaking through them you know this is a process that's my recommendation what about you what do you think
1: i think i think there's there's big rocks and there's little rocks when it comes to passing a certain threshold. Cause I think to an extent, people that are listening to this, they are committed to their sexual integrity. The amount they're committed kind of varies, but I think that if you can get the big rocks in place, it's indicative that you're about 80% of there. And then the 20% that's left is kind of tweaking as you go and growing through the process, right? So for sexual integrity, I think in my experience so far with mentoring lots and lots of people, you can, uh, you can, uh, back me up on this, Andrew, is that there's a clear correlation between people's porn use and their social media use. And I Mm -hmm. think the reason for that correlation is because of the emotional uh, causes and triggers that are usually behind them, right? So the reason that people tend to go to their phones, to Instagram, to TikTok, to YouTube, uh, when they're especially feeling difficult emotions, like I'm lonely, I'm bored, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, it's, very indicative that if somebody can address that and detox off social media and figure out the reasons why they think they need social media there's a much greater chance that they can also address the root reason as to why they go to porn masturbation etc because Mm -hmm. there's often a correlation in terms of the the root cause that's that's causing that feeling of i just want to be i just want to escape like i just want to be alone with nobody and just do that right so I think that social to make it like practical and physical, if you can detox and, and eliminate social media or have control, I would say, if you can have control over your social media use as opposed to it controlling you, then you're about honestly like 70, 80% there. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be so much more easy to quit porn if people can just get that under control. And I know when I tell these people, cause I have in person and they're like, well, I don't think I could do that. You know, I'll try. I'll try a social media detox for a week, but I can't give up YouTube because it's part yeah. of my evening routine, right? And I'm like, well, what else is part of your evening routine? Porn, masturbation. You know? <laughs> so it's just. I think that commitment in itself is the willingness to commit to addressing the root cause, hmm. and just by doing that, you're kind of getting eighty percent of it. The... Another example would be like, um, like fitness. I guess because it's something people can relate with. If you can. <sighs> if you can hit the gym like three times, two or three times a week, and you don't eat garbage, like you're about 80% there,
0: mm.
1: right? And and you're not gonna be a bodybuilder, but you're, you're gonna see progress and you're gonna be healthy. And then the rest of it is kind of tweaking as you go, but it's really those big rocks that if we just focus on those, then that gets us past the commitment threshold. So you can say you're like 80% com- committed to making it consistently Uh, working on your fitness and your health, your physical health, right? Yeah. Um, Marriage will be another example. I think a big rock in marriage is like, what do all the marriage relationship experts say? Like just have one one conversation a day, like 15 minute talk at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, just to touch point, right? Just to kind Mm -hmm. of hold hands or hug or have some physical affection and just talk about how you're doing, right? If you just do that, or like Andrew said, like just do a condition together, That's a big, massive rock that if you just do that, that takes you pretty much most of the way and you're gonna have a fantastic marriage, right? Of course there will be challenges, but that's gonna give you most of the way there, right? Um, So I think that practically speaking, if you can just commit to doing those things and you figure out what your big rocks are in your whatever sphere you're in, then the rest of it is just like tweaking as you go and eventually you'll get there, you know?
0: And please see that as, the the whole idea, like when you, when you ask somebody, can you give up social media? And they say they can't, it means that their identity is connected to that habit. Because that's what I was talking about. You have to let a part of you die. Letting go of social media, it serves no actual function. Like some people do their job on social media, maybe, and then you clock in and you clock out, but in (laughs) spare time, and that's, that's a very limited amount of people. That's their actual job, right? Um, yeah. But for, for everybody else, to let go of social media is just a matter of convenience. And you being reluctant in your letting go of social media is an indicator that you don't truly want to let go of porn. Because it's, it's all you know. And you're afraid of what, what your life would be like without that and that's keeping you stuck so to throw it all away it's all connected the good stuff and the bad it doesn't mean forever it just means until you sort things out you have to be able to breathe so right now if you're drowning in like bad habits you have to find steady ground and that needs to mean like when you're drowning actually you're not thinking about you know having a certain kind of cheese or um, that those pair of shoes that you really want, you're just thinking about surviving, right? So getting on stable ground is your top priority. And if you're drowning in sexual integrity, your top priority should just be getting on stable ground. That means really minimizing your life as much as possible and then reintroducing. It's very similar to allergies, actually, or like when you have a health condition there's one approach is you just you take a drug and then it's supposed to just mask your reaction but a much better way is like an elimination lifestyle where you eliminate certain like as much as possible so foods you really reduce all foods because you might have an allergy you reduce certain things in your house like perfumes and all this stuff to see as you reintroduce them which one is the actual culprit or which combination it's the same with sexual integrity is eliminate as much as possible that's healthy that you can still survive on because you don't want to throw away your phone and your computer if you have to write emails for work, but throw away all those social media things that are just holding you back. And then you can reintroduce them later once you have stable footing, right? But if you are reluctant, it is because you don't want to actually let go of that part of yourself and that's keeping you stuck.
1: I think when you say that, I'm curious to know what people think in their head, when you say get rid of all their social media apps. And I would encourage everyone to note, take note of what your internal dialogue is Mm. when we say that and equate that to the reasons that you don't give up porn. Mm. I think there's way more of a correlation than we think here.
0: Yeah. And I'm
1: fully convinced that as long as people are spending let's say mindless time on social media, which is 90% of the time, to be honest, probably <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's almost impossible that you won't eventually, eventually see some raunchy content and go down that rabbit hole unless you have yeah. really strong reflexes, right? Cause the algorithm algorithm smart, it knows what you want. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. I remember I opened, I opened a, the first time I opened an Instagram account, I put in my, like my age and my gender. And the first thing that, that it showed me was something sexual.
0: <laughs> How did it, it had, know
1: there, it had no information about me whatsoever, except for my gender and my age. Right. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, we're like, we're screwed. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 So, but it's also you, it's a bandwidth issue is all that time that you're spending on social media. You're not spending in self-reflection and everybody has time for self reflection. Mm. Everybody even again to go back to true father's autobiography he's like how deep in prayer was he while he was doing manual labor it was all an act of like a condition and so you can engage with god and with yourself at any point if you remember to but it's nearly impossible to both engage in social media and god at the same time <laughs> i know some people subscribe to TikTokers or instagrammers who like uh give powerful messages, you know, like about God or whatever. But then guess what? You scroll to the next video and it's in, you completely lost everything that you just learned. So yeah. um, it's really a bandwidth issue. There's, what you're doing is you're creating space to do meaningful things. But anyway, all of this is predicated on your commitment to the process of being free and living in the high noon. And this is uh, something that I would really advocate for is committing live, raising your however committed you are raising your commitment level to the high noon lifestyle because the the dividends are endless for you for your family for your community i swear to god my capacity has just grown and grown and grown so much only because i'm committed tooth and claw to the high noon process and it's you know saved me from potentially having a terrible marriage from being alienated from my kids, from just being an angry, bitter person. It resolved all that because I'm committed to having difficult conversations, admitting when I'm wrong and all this stuff that comes with leading a high noon lifestyle. But it hasn't been convenient, I've got to say that. But the dividends are more than I could have ever dreamed. Right. So Mm. in closing, Your Honor, I just would highly recommend everybody assess how committed you are to set your sexual integrity to living a high noon life, and figuring out how you could ratchet it up a couple notches this next quarter, we're nearing the end of the year, I'm telling all of our leaders within a high noon, but I would tell you just the same, I'd really start writing down things that you want to do next quarter for your North Star goal. And so it's not just a random goal. So it's based off of like, cues that life is giving you and you'll be great yeah. you'll be good to go
1: i just want to make a note to end here i think that commitment doesn't have to be all hard and bad i think there is a way to commit to doing healthy things in a way that's enjoyable right and i think the people that succeed long term in anything in life uh let's say it's business or fitness or sexual integrity or marriage or relationships or investing i think to an extent they they fundamentally just Learn to, learn to enjoy the process, you know? And I was thinking about this example of uh, when I was living in New Jersey and cycling to New York. And I've talked about this a few times here. But I often co- go back to that experience and I ask myself why I did that every day through snowy New York City days, freezing rain. Because now I think about it, I think it's ridiculous. And I don't even get why I did that. But if I think about it now, the, the reason I was committed to doing it, number one is because I, I learned to enjoy it. I made note of how I felt. So it was like a psychological trick where I would, at the end of the ride, I would be like, okay, how do I feel in comparison to the alternative of taking the bus? I was like, well, this is a hundred times more enjoyable to taking the bus. So this is fun, right? And I was like growing in in my capacity to cycle and my speed and all that and my strength. So that, that made me happy to see progress. But also I made it for, in my mind, I made it not just for myself, but for other people, which I think was the key for me. Is i made it about how can i not only stay healthy for my family for my kids but also save money because every time i took the the bike instead of the bus i would save 20 dollars, right and i knew that i and i started like a cycling fund an index fund which i still have but i was saving all the money i was saving for those two years of cycling and i knew that eventually it would grow and compound over the years and then grow into a large amount that would probably save many people's lives right and i this is this is kind of an extreme way of thinking about it but this is how i thought Every time I take the bus, there is an opportunity cost of how I could save people. I could help people. And every time I take the bike, I'm saving lives. Like that's how I actually literally thought about it every single time. So it's a silly example in my life, but I think that there's some importance, like nuances to number one, learning how to enjoy the process of the commitment. And over time, I think the commitment will become stronger and stronger because we will choose to do it over not do it. And that's when you've struck gold. When you choose to do something, then not do it because you would rather do it. And then the second thing I did was make it about other people and not just my own satisfaction. It was like, how can I do this for other people? So hope that's helpful. Just want to add that.
0: Yeah. Thank you, everybody. This is a longer one, but we were committed to making this episode. And we want you to be committed. It will make all the difference in the world. So um, yeah, we'll see you next week, somewhere, sometime, somehow. God bless your faces, everybody. Love y'all. Bye.
1: Peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace.